0: our next episode of the sitcom archive deep dive overdrive we are saddle for short um and each week we take a deep dive into every single episode of the good life our favorite tv show from the 70s
1: we do indeed and um allison is your co-host yes because she never introduces herself
0: I don't. I always forget. Sorry. Shall I, I'll. I, I will say. I'll. I'll do it properly. Um. I am your co-host, Alison Barton Simmons.
1: And uh, now then, I'm the other fellow, ex Benedict, <laughs> ex Benedict. Now, um, we encourage people who listen to this podcast. Not that it's a prerequisite. Do what you want. You're an adult, presumably. Um. But we encourage people to watch the episode of the Good Life that we are talking about, and then listen to us chat shit about it. So if you're keen to get on board that train, get over to Motion and watch the corresponding episode before you listen to us. We tweet out links and Facebook um, post links to where you can watch it for free or you can watch it on Britbox. Is that right? Britbox? Y-
0: yes. Or you can buy the DVDs, which I did initially and then got fed up and now I watch them on Dailymotion.
1: So before we get stuck into this week's episode, which is Series 3, Episode 6... Whose fleas are these? We're going to have a little discussion around sitcom crossovers we wish would have happened. This is born of a Twitter post I saw the other day with a brilliant idea of if Margot and Jerry had gone and stayed at Faulty Towers.
0: <gasps> wow, that would have been amazing.
1: It, it almost writes itself, doesn't it?
0: Can you imagine the chaos? Yeah. Oh, I'm just picturing it now.
1: It wouldn't have gone well for Margot or Basil. And poor Jerry would have fought the brunt of it. No.
0: (laughs) Oh dear. Yeah, he would have been tearing his hair out completely.
1: But Basil, he's always trying to ingratiate himself to the what he sees as the upper uh, you know, the the middle and middle classes and landed gentry. Margot is middle class and clearly has aspirations for being that way. So it would have been an interesting interesting thing to see whether Basil viewed her as someone to sycophantically um, treat well or he would have seen them just as riffraff like most of his guests
0: I think it would have started off in exactly that way where he would have been falling over himself to do everything for the leadbetters and to make their stay as comfortable as possible by the end of it it would have been tearing his hair out and just getting infuriated by the fact that she can be such a damn bloody difficult woman
1: yeah, yeah, probably. Jerry would have got his checkbook out and that would have impressed Basil. Yeah. Maybe. Oh yeah. But of course the leadbetters would never have um, holidayed in Torquay. They go to Kenya and places like that, don't they?
0: They do. Safaris. Yeah. African safaris, yeah. But I don't know. I can imagine I can imagine oh I don't know, a situation where they would have ended up in Torquay. Perhaps?
1: Maybe. Um lockdown. <laughs> that would have done it.
0: J- j- Jerry's work. I don't know, being sent to 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 do something in Torquay and and having a bit of a jolly while they were there.
1: Part of me thinks they would have stayed in a much more exclusive place than Faulty Towers, though. If they'd perhaps rocked up to Faulty Towers in a Volvo and seen watery twats on the sign.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it could have been. If if everything else was booked up, I can imagine that would have been the situation. That it was like it was like a last chance saloon. It's the only place that they could stop.
1: Possibly so. Yeah. But there, it does beg the question about other sitcom crossovers we'd like to have seen. Mm. And I, I had a little think about that. And I, I came up with some obvious ones, like Frank Spencer being banged up in Slade Prison with Fletcher.
0: <laughs> because, I can only picture him on roller skates, though, just clattering right
1: around <laughs> <laughs> a <at> prison. <laughs> I don't think Mr Mackay would have been very happy with that, would he? <laughs> well... To be honest, Frank Spencer should be in Slade Prison for all the criminal oh. damage he causes.
0: Yeah, he should.
1: You know, he's always oh, getting away God. with fucking ruining and wrecking things.
0: Oh, I can just picture him roller skating down the, 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 the metal sidings near the near the, the doors and like going over the side and just dropping to his death.
1: Chaos, wouldn't it? And upsetting it was, oh. it was like the really hard um Inmate the one who would like run the place basically in porridge.
0: Oh, that'd have been perfect. That'd have been perfect to watch because he wouldn't he wouldn't get it, he wouldn't know what all that was about.
1: No, he would go over his head. And
0: just been just been Frank Spencer about it.
1: What about Trigger in on the buses? <laughs> <laughs> I hate you, Trigger. You don't swing up <laughs> properly. Oh my god. Granny oh, Trigger oh. <laughs> No.
0: I see, I, oh, on the buses makes me cringe a little bit. It makes me
1: feel uncomfortable. Jack in On the Buses that really, oh, I hate that character. Yeah. Mm. And also, um, the way Olive's treated at home in On the Buses is horrible. Yes, it is. Now, we'll come on to that later because Olive's husband is in this episode of The Good Life.
0: Is that right? Yeah,
1: so I'll mention that when it comes up.
0: Oh, yes, please.
1: Uh, Vicar of Dibley on Craggy Island with Father Ted having faith wars. <gasps>
0: Oh gosh, yeah. Well, I kind like of on, on like a retreat. Yeah, going over and and staying with them. Yeah, that'd have been quite funny.
1: Getting pissed with Father Jack. Hmm. That'd be good.
0: That'd be that'd be great to watch.
1: Uh, Victor Meldrew in Last of the Summer Wine. Could that work? Maybe not.
0: Do you think they would they would they even let him be part of the gang? Do you think, or would he just be too much?
1: Yeah, he's too curmudgeonly probably. You can't see him. Yeah. I don't believe I'm rolling down the hill in this bath.
0: <laughs> they just sit him in it and just push him down. Yeah, fuck Go off, on, Victor. Fuck
1: off. Miserable fucker. <laughs> um I suppose in Red Dwarf they could they could time travel to into any sitcom anywhere, couldn't they?
0: Oh. Where would be a good place for them guys to end up then?
1: Maybe Blackadder.
0: Oh Blackadder toast just... Yes. Yep. Yeah.
1: They could get in trouble with uh, Queenie.
0: I love Queenie. She's my, she's one of my faves.
1: I'd like to do Blackadder at some point.
0: Do you think that? Um, I'm just trying to think of, of Queenie with the, with the with the character. I think. Do you think the cat would try and
1: jagger get off with her? Yeah. Yeah, maybe, but he'd probably just end up with uh, nanny instead. <laughs> yeah. Bernard. <laughs> Bernard. <laughs> What else have I got? I just jotted this shit down. It's like some sort of weird fever dream. Good night, sweetheart. Dad's army. <laughs> Nicholas Linders. What, cross
0: between them two?
1: Yeah, Nicholas Linders goes back in time and he ends up being yes. conscripted into, into the army with uh, Captain Manor Well, th- you know, the home guard.
0: Oh, I'd like that. Yeah. Yeah, to, yeah, to see him turn up in, in Dad's army.
1: Yeah. You stupid boy, Rodney, you I plunker.
0: I think that'd work. I think that's, yeah, ooh.
1: Yeah, well, there you go. I just thought of it, like, off the cuff five minutes ago, but I'll write oh, into me. Mi- I'll write into, uh, Sir John BBC. And, um, and then the last idea I had, which I thought was a good one, was in sickness and in health. Yes. Alf Garnet in Desmond's. <laughs> do you not like, the, do you not think that would work? Alf's local barber gets taken over.
0: I don't think it would work.
1: (laughs) Maybe not (laughs) now, but then it might work.
0: I'd like to see that. Yeah. I'd like to see that happen with pork pie just rounding on him.
1: Yeah, because he wouldn't let Desmond cut his hair. He insisted on what was the guy's name, Tony, the white guy.
0: Yeah, the white guy. Yeah. Mm. I like Desmond.
1: I never really watched it. I just dipped into it. Did you know? Yeah, Ali liked it.
0: When I see the Channel Four symbol. The, you know, the old number four with all the bright prime-coloured num- um, yeah. bars on it. That's the f- that's the first show that I think of Desmond's.
1: Weirdly, I always think of Vorderman.
0: Do you, from Countdown?
1: Yeah, I don't know why. I'd rather not think of Vorderman. But she just pops no. into my head, unbidden, whenever I see that logo.
0: Strange, isn't it? <laughs> that
1: That's enough fantasising about sitcoms that never would or will happen, isn't it?
0: It is, but if you if you are listening and you've got any ideas of any cut and shut sitcoms that you'd like to be in reality, uh, let us know, because we'd love to hear about them.
1: Cut and shut like Barbara's Trousers.
0: Like Barbara's Trousers are Trousers, yes. So, we are now up to Series 3, Episode 6, Whose Fleas Are These? Shall we take a, a deep dive, Ben?
1: Yeah, let's do it. good life, good life, good life, good life, good life, good life. Good
0: life. So, as with many of the episodes that we've talked about previously, we are starting our deep dive in Tom and Barbara's kitchen. Um, they're in front of the range, um, they're sat just warming themselves. Um, Barbara's reading, it's all cosy. Um, but Tom is insisting on. He's, he's, he's just been a nuisance, really, isn't he, to Barbara? She's trying to sit and read, and he's sat looking over her shoulder. And just being a generally being a pain.
1: He's doing that noise that he does
0: Mm.
1: all the time. Yeah, reading over her shoulder and turning her pages for her—just a pain in the ass. Yeah.
0: Although there was something that he was doing that I found quite I found quite interesting and a bit fascinating when he was playing that cricket game with his book, um, Mm. fantasy cricket, where he was like rolling—they weren't dice. They they were like sticks that he was rolling, um, to to sort of give out runs to people in his in his fantasy book, which I thought I'd, it just looked really interesting what he was doing.
1: I was more interested by the composition of his of his uh, batting lineup mm. personally because he 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 delved into the realm of fantasy world and he'd started including. Um, Actually, who had he started including? He'd run out of sports people. Was it musicians?
0: He had he had um, film stars because he had H- Hedy Lamar had bowled him out the, the week before. Um, mm. And I think he had had musicians. But he was, yeah, so he was playing this game and writing them, like like you would if you were like a kid, like a really sort of childlike pastime, really. Exactly. Um, yeah,
1: that's what he is. Yeah.
0: But I found it very interesting.
1: Um, it reminded me a little bit of when Phoebe and friends make, is it Phoebe? No, it's Ross. When he makes that laminated list of five people he's allowed to sleep with.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: It's a fantasy list. And that's what Tom was doing for his cricket team. Yeah. And I've I've long, and you probably know this we've because we've known each other long enough, I've long been an advocate of having a laminated list of people, five people that you're allowed to give a good slap to, repercussion free.
0: Slap list. Yep. I remember the slap list.
1: Paul McCartney always features. Number one. James Corden would probably be on it now. Yeah. I'm just trying trying to think. Parky. I hate Parky. Yeah. Prick. I didn't know that. Yeah, because, because he never looks at the f- f- he never looks at the camera. He, he's really insulting to guests. He's really sexist. Look up that Helen Mirren. Oh, mirror the Helen
0: Mirren one is horrendous. Yeah. Yes.
1: Um it, it's one he does with Penelope Keith that's um really condescending as well. He's just always condescending to women and he's incapable of looking at the camera while reading on autocue.
0: Oh, I'm so you some stuff after and find out this about Parky.
1: He's, he's, he's f- f- full of conceit and his own self-importance. And I don't even think he was that great an interviewer. I know that's controversial, but I just think he... Uh... Yeah, I preferred Aspel.
0: I like Aspel, <laughs> I liked yeah. I like Michael Aspel. Yeah. Okay.
1: Especially when Aspel and Parkinson were both give us a clue, mm. presenters, I was always a big fan of the Aspel regime. Yes. More so than Parky.
0: I like Lisa Goddard. But we're going
1: off topic. Yeah, aren't anyway we? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that.
0: Anyway, back to the to the range. So they're they cozying up in front of the range and a bit of soot falls down. And um they're a they're a bit a bit of concern. a Bit of soot. They've never had that before. Barbara's a bit worried that mm. it's getting a bit dirty in the kitchen. But Tom just reassures her. You know this is just the the it's telling you that the chimney needs sweeping. It's just something that we need to get onto. And then, as any good sitcom sort of plays out, a shitload of soot just comes falling down. It billows all the way across the kitchen. It covers them, and they are covered from soot from head to toe.
1: And the audience went wild. at They this did, point, didn't, didn't they? they?
0: They did. They found it hilarious. Which, and you could see it coming. You could see it coming a mile off with with binoculars. But it was. Quite funny, and it did make me laugh actually when they, when they got covered. However Yeah, it
1: was funny, but the slapstick the slapstick is is a big favourite of your seventies audience, isn't oh, it? Marvel falling over in the garden. Oh, they
0: love it. They go mad. Yeah. <laughs> um, of course, so where are Barbara and Tom going to turn when they are covered in soot, the hot water's gone off? Where did he go? They go to the Ledbetters next door, of course, um, but they turn up prepared with their own newspapers to stand on in the hallway. And at this point, even Margot says, um, I sometimes wonder what you'd do if you didn't have us living next door. And I thought the same thing. What would they do? They'd sit in their own shit all yeah. night, wouldn't they? Um, but there's Margot and Jerry to save the day once again. Even offering them a drink, Margot comes in with a with a drinks trolley, not even just two drinks, She comes in with a drinks trolley, um, which is very, very sweet. Um, Tom, unfortunately, as he puts his hand on the wall to steady himself, just puts a sooty handprint um, next to a a picture and has to sort of pull the picture across in order to cover up the mess that he's made. So not only have they gone round to muddy up their bathroom and just cover their bathroom in in sooty crap, he's put dirt all over the walls as well.
1: Yeah, and then having... Obscured it with the fo- with the portrait or whatever it was, the picture yeah. that was on the wall. Instead of fessing up, he goes and hides the other side of Barbara. He moves further away from it, so Barbara looks nearer to it.
0: Oh, it's 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 sort of this this scene. I found a bit um, it was a bit weird considering that they are best friends and they've gone round there to 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 have a bath because they saw. So, Dirty and covered in salt, but it's it's like a really awkward exchange of isn't this nice? But it, it's just not nice. They're just weird.
1: Yes, but then of course when it when it comes to um, small talk, uh, Margot says Mrs. Dooms Patterson's horse has dropsy. Yes. What's dropsy?
0: Um, is it not to do with? I want to say it's to do with like coordination.
1: Right. It's not to do with shit.
0: I don't think so what you mean like dropping dropping shit
1: yeah like diarrhea i thought she was just talking about the state of mrs dooms Dooms-Batterson's <coughs> horse's bowels
0: i don't think so i just going to i'm just that gonna...
1: wouldn't be polite conversation for whole gin would it
0: another word for it is oed- oedema a condition characterized mm. by an excess of watery fluid collected in the cavities or tissues of the body
1: yeah.
0: so it could well, I, I, I don't know so it could be to do with balance I don't know and i don't know so Margot's had tea with Mrs. Dooms-Patterson who is encouraging Margot to become an active force for the local Conservative Party um, when, the, yeah. when she says when the country comes to its senses and has a general election. So we, 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 we're finding out more and more about um, Margot's political leanings aren't we as, we, as we go on.
1: Well I don't think it had ever been particularly uh, it's, it's secret. No, <laughs> she doesn't
0: hide it under a bushel does she really? So it's, um, really. It, But you can see that this this sort of fills Margot with glee, doesn't it? She's um she's quite excited at the prospect.
1: It does play into the idea of Thatcher writ small, as we discussed recently, yes, doesn't it? I
0: think we we were on the right lines. I think um, the only concern that Jerry's got is that that means that Missus jones Jones-Patterson will be coming round to break more of the furniture.
1: Yeah.
0: Which um <laughs> which I thought was a bit bit cruel. Margot spots the picture, um and and asks who's moved it, and then sees the handprint. And then Barbara quite sheepishly suggests that they go up and get the bath and off they go. Together. Together to get a bath.
1: Yeah. Barbara, Hmm? aren't you going to stay and finish your drink? Right, we'll hop in together. Together? Hmm, it's quite nice, you ought to try it sometime. (laughs) Really? Did you hear that, Jerry? Yeah. Together?
0: Certainly not. (laughs) back in the the goods front room and they're all cozy in the dressing gowns they're all nice and clean and tidy um but they've still not cleaned the kitchen up and before they'd said before they sort of realized what they'd done that they'd had a bath before they cleaned up i thought oh god why would you why would you have gone and done that but obviously it was played for for a joke um
1: yeah i was thinking the same thing
0: that if you'd not cleaned your kitchen up why would you go and why would you go and have a bath Um, A bit
1: slow sometimes, the goods. Yeah, a
0: little bit. But Barbara is then scratching her leg and realises before too long that she's got fleas and...
1: Well, her reaction... She's
0: absolutely... She's just so appalled with the idea.
1: Yeah. I mean, all through this episode, she is... um, I would say Felicity Kendall plays it quite hammy and dramatic. Yes. She's she's, um, probably deliberately because she's a fine actress... Um, she's just overly demonstrably appalled and shocked, and
0: yeah, lots of yelping and um, jumping and
1: <gasps> yeah, about yeah. It. Uh, she's and Tom, of course, he sort of tells her to pull herself together, and then he he invokes like the spirit of the Blitz again, doesn't oh. he? Saying if we if we're fighting in the trenches, I want a wife who's going to be there with me at the the front or whatever. There's a lot of war talk. There is in these type of things. It's
0: fleas. It's fleas, but the 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 thing that the goods are concerned about is that um, if they pass this on to the authorities, that they're going to come and get rid of their animals because that's where they're assuming that these fleas are from.
1: Yes. Okay.
0: Um, the next scene shows just how concerned Barbara is about this, and it and it it made me smile. This this the scene with the postman because I can imagine there's been quite a lot of houses in the. Past few recent months, where this has gone on, where it's like step away from the door, <laughs> I'm like not, not pulling you, pulling you, you shopping in with a with a handle off a broom, so you don't con- get into contact mm. with anyone. Um, but she, yeah, she's trying to sort of keep the postman away
1: from the door without telling him that she's got fleas. Um, well, first of all, she shuts the window in his face, and if you watch that again, I think she actually clocks him in the face. Does
0: she with the with the window?
1: I think she clocks the actor oh. in the face with the window. if She shuts it. He's he's literally leaning in the window. And she goes, Ugh, and slams the window in his face and I'm sure she clocks him.
0: Flipping heck. <laughs>
1: Poor bugger. Oh.
0: He was quite a hammy, a hammy actor.
1: Well he uh, to me he sounded like Jasper Carrot. He had that sort of weird sort of brummy Yes um thing. And he was obsessed with Rod Steiger. He
0: was obsessed was, with again, Rod Steiger. Totally yeah. Weird. yeah. Um so when she'd finally got shot of the, of the postman. Um and invited him to come back next week when she can give him tea and tea and biscuits um the goods have a have a realization that how the hell are they gonna keep Margot and Jerry away because them are two people you do not want to know that you've got fleas um Tom says, we'll tell them that we're having Michael foot staying here for a couple of weeks, which did make me titter
1: um but then then after that he <laughs> says she says, Oh, I've just had an even worse thought. And he says, "What Wedgie Ben?" <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: And I actually hadn't. I mean, I'd really admired Tony Ben a lot, but I'd never heard him called Wedgie before. I mean, mm. Wedgie Ben. It was mm. his mi- middle name, wasn't it? Wedgwood. See, I, I assumed and it was
0: it was it was him, um, but I didn't realise It's So what he was called. His middle name was Wedgwood.
1: Anthony Neil Wedgwood Ben.
0: Craziness.
1: Um, when Tom said Wedgie Ben, mm. a bloke in the audience actually went
0: "Ha!" and ha. <laughs> <twacked. laughs> Have to go back Could and look at that. Me. Oi, oi
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, amazing.
1: <laughs> oi oi. <laughs> I'll never forget the oi oi.
0: The audience for this show are just fucking nuts, aren't they? They really are.
1: So, next thing we're at, we're at the um, Leadbetters, and there's clearly some. Tension in the air. They're just both sat doing their own thing. Jerry's behind a newspaper. And Margot says that she can see the expression on his face by the position of his feet. (laughs) And he's not happy. And effectively, Jerry's not happy at having his, his home invaded by 20 stone Tory trouts.
0: He's not, yeah, he's not looking forward to the prospect, is he?
1: He just wants... It's the same when he wanted her to go to night class. He just wants her out of the house so he can have a quiet night in.
0: Yeah, he just wants a curry and a razzle. That's all he wants.
1: Yeah, pretty much.
0: Poor Jerry. So as the, as the, as the mid-conversation about this, the, the goods turn up at the, at the patio doors with a sign that they've made um, asking the betters, are you itching? And it just happens that at that point they're having a bit of a... Margot's having a bit of a scratch of a, of a head and... Um, the goods go in. They just they just barge in at this point. There's nothing to lose, have they? Um, mm. and they say "We've got something to tell you. We've given you fleas."
1: Well, they don't just do that, do they? They meander around the subject for about a minute yeah. before finally spitting it out about the fleas. I don't know why this happens in sitcoms and dramas. If you have something to say, just say it, it out, lad.
0: Yeah. But Margot, Margot's first instinct, which I, you you know, was on the cards, was that Jerry needs to burn everything. Because Margot yeah. is so appalled that, that there's there's fleas in the house. Well thank you very much, Tom. Goodbye. Next up we see Barbara and Tom at the at the front window watching out for the disinfestation man coming. Um and there's yeah. there's a lot of panic as a car pulls up very loudly when they're in the front room. You can hear it sort of coming up the road and um Barbara's really concerned that this guy is gonna just Get rid of all their animals. Um
1: She's frantic, isn't she?
0: She is, but the the door goes and they open it and this bloke, it's very odd. <laughs> this I liked it. I knew it was ridiculous. Weird man turns up um professing to be selling encyclopedias with lots of interesting interesting entries under F. Words Win-win. words like formaldehyde and fleas. So yeah, talk about not getting to the point.
1: Good afternoon, sir. Could I interest you in a set of encyclopedias? No, thank you. Uh, there are some very interesting entries under the letter F, sir. No, thank Such you. Such as formaldehyde. Look. And fleas. Oh, come in. It was like Eric Idle, wasn't it? Oh, nudge, nudge, it, wing, was. Wing. it was.
0: It um, was. So, when they finally figure out what he's there for, he says that he does it, so that for the sub- subterfuge to stop all the stig the stigmata with the neighbors right, which I know was a was a specific joke, but the audience didn't didn't laugh the fact that he'd said to stop all the stigmata, I knew what he was getting at it was the stigma, but the joke yeah. just fell on f for, for, for an audience that fucking fall about when they see a cat's ass on fire when when there's an actual <laughs> specific joke in there. <laughs> Yeah, it, it just it, no one laughed. No one laughed, and
1: poor Esmond and Larby—they probably slaved over that. I guy. bet they
0: did. I bet they were like, "Oh Jesus Christ!" Um, I've got to say in this in this episode as well, Ben. I don't know if you noticed, there were lots of really odd cuts in the editing.
1: Were there
0: things? Things ended really dramatically. Like scenes were cut, and it happened more than once. where scenes are cut like really sort of quickly? I don't know whether, no, I
1: didn't pick up on it. I
0: don't know whether it, there was a point to it or whether it was just part, I don't know, maybe it was someone who was just trying to get the job mm. done quickly.
1: Or maybe it's um, a subsequent edit and it's, you know, you get this with some of these shows from the 70s that scenes are clipped
0: okay. because of
1: improprietary.
0: Perhaps. It, it did...
1: Maybe the version we watched um, had scenes that were cut out because P.V. Balstrode or whatever his name was was being inappropriate.
0: Could be that. Don't it just It did seem very clipped. That's a good word. Yeah, things just seem to end. Oh, we're on to another scene now before we're, before I'd even sort of realised. So, yes, we're, we're chatting about fleas here. Barbara's, like, hysterical at this stage, um, and the guy is brushing Tom's head over some paper to try and get a flea to drop out so that he can sort of investigate it with his microscope. Tom's already one step ahead, and he's put one already into... Um, he's got it in the kitchen. Is it in disinfectant? He's put it into a jar? For the guy yeah, to I'm
1: look not at. sure, but he's put it aside, hasn't he? And the guy is very impressed because he wishes more people did this. He, he this is a guy who loves his job. Oh, he, he does. Says that The, the balstrodes go back to the bubonic times.
0: <laughs> he's, uh, he's he's he loves it, doesn't he? And you can tell that he takes a lot of pride in what he does. Um, despite it he's a bit of a jobs worth. Uh, but he he comes to the conclusion that the flea that the goods have found is a dog flea. Um which obviously they say we don't have a dog. We've 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 never had a dog and this guy's sort of trying to find a dog all over the house. Um but no, no dog. So where where are these 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 fleas from?
1: But when he says we, when they say we haven't got a dog, he says Yes you have. And then he starts whistling for yeah, the dog as if yeah. keeping it quiet. Trying to he uses it like him it's, basically a lion. He's in
0: a in a cupboard somewhere.
1: Here, boy, here, boy. Oh. This is the guy, by the way, who was Arthur in On the Buses.
0: Ah right, okay.
1: Olives. Olives. Um, s- snobby, hypocritical husband. Oh. Yeah, this is the guy. I quite enjoyed his performance. I, I, I was watching it, thinking, I bet, I bet he annoys Alison. Mm. Which probably means he's done a good job, as you always exactly,
0: say. exactly. If I get if I if I feel that put out by someone, it's usually because they've done a good job. And yeah, he was he was he was good at the part, and. The, yeah, the, uh, the, he, he just he just bugged me. He bugged me from the moment they opened the door. He
1: bugged me. No pun intended. No.
0: Ah. <laughs> um. So we're back round at Margot and Jerry's. Um. Jerry's busy reading his play by. He's got it. He's got, it, he's, got it, he's got it upended. The play by. Yep. I mean. Um.
1: Put soft porn tab.
0: Oh, there it is. So Tom, Tom. Tom. arrives. Um. Um. Into the front room and he's squirting. Um. Jerry with. With some bug spray,
1: interrupting him from his playboy. From his playboy, exactly. He was getting stuck into his playboy, and he quickly, sheepishly, hides it as soon as Tom comes in. They
0: know, though. Why is he hiding it?
1: Well, mate, he should be busy zipping himself up. Actually, that reminds me. I said to Ali last night. I was watching it last night, Mm. and and I said, just sort of almost to myself, but Ali was in the room. I said, he's always looking at soft porn, but he's never wanking. (laughs) And she just looked up from her iPad and went. Well, it was a seventies sitcom. <laughs>
0: it's a whole... They're not likely
1: to be broadcasting that on the BBC and with his lad out. Every a whole second niche, scene, aren't they?
0: niche genre, yeah. Oh, dear. It's, in, it's in the outtakes, that isn't it? Oh dear, oh, I'm glad, not. I'm glad they didn't. Oh dear. <laughs> uh, Margot wanders in and she says, "Hello, Tom and Barbara. Goodbye, Tom and Barbara." Which are quite light. Yeah. So while the couples are busy. Um, debating where these fleas have come from, because obviously the goods don't have a dog. Um, They've obviously arrived from somewhere. Margot, this bit, it's like the... um, What's the word? The Columbo moment. Is
1: that right? Do I mean
0: that? Yeah, it's a Columbo moment. It'll
1: work, yeah. You know Uh, what you mean.
0: Yeah. Margot brushes off hers from Ben, Mrs. Doom Patterson's old English sheepdog. Da-da-da... And Tom and Barbara guess straight away that it is from Ben. Ben is the dog with the fleas that they've all caught. Mm. But they they tell tell Jerry to sort of like break it to her gently.
1: Now she's being slow, isn't she?
0: She is. She is. She doesn't get it at all. Tom and Barbara sort of scuttle outside um, and Margot screams, obviously knowing that it's her. She's the reason why everybody's got fleas. Um, And then the the, the goods from this deduce that he's told her. He's told her and she's like you can just imagine the hysterics and and the rinsing down that that'll have to come after all this.
1: Well Jerry looked like he had a new pair of Burberries on. They the Were they not the same ones? Were the
0: different ones?
1: I think they're slightly different. Ooh. So he's just he's possibly just got a new pair of Burberries now they're gonna have to be de loused or yep. whatever.
0: Yeah, they'll have to get the fumigators in, won't they?
1: Bob Larby observed that the only thing in the good life that's dated is Paul Eddington's trousers. Really? Because basically, it's it's still relevant, is what is the point he's making? What the trope But Just is, as we talking... the are. No, no, no. He's saying uh, everything's still relevant in a good life, but the only thing that's dated is the keks.
0: Oh, I quite like his keks.
1: Yeah, you wouldn't get away with them now, though, would you?
0: I don't know. Yeah, I don't know where you'd wear them.
1: So that's the episode. The only other thing I wanted to talk about Al, was this use of, once again, of incredibly one-dimensional oddball. Cameo characters. Yes. We've got the postie who's obsessed with Rod Steiger films and how they've impacted society in Britain. He just keeps going on about Rod Steiger and wanting to write Rod Steiger a letter. And he's like, you know, he's reminded me of the guy in Friends who, uh, and this is the second time I've referenced Friends in this episode, <laughs> but you know that guy, the Doctor, who just is obsessed with Fonzie?
0: Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, like, oh, like really weird sort of chit-chat from a character that's never in it you're in it once, yeah. and then you just you just spout in loads of nonsense.
1: And the flea the fleet disinfest data, if that's a word, yes. who is similarly oddball and eccentric. And clearly this is what Larby and Esmond like to do. And I enjoy it, I must admit, when you when you throw in a character that doesn't need to be well rounded. Yeah. And he's almost a ste- a scene stealer because mm. of his bizarre idiosyncrasies. Uh, my favourite sitcom ever is Father Ted. I'm not sure if we can ever do that because it's nineties. Maybe we can extend our, our archive to cover the nineties at some point.
0: Maybe.
1: Um are you a fan of Father Ted? Yes. And all the priests in that are just crazy, you know, not well rounded characters, but hysterically one dimensional. Yeah. Um, and it, it this almost foreshadowed that. I don't know how much influence Larby and Esmond's writing had on Graham Linehan and Arthur Matthews who wrote Mm -hmm. Father Ted. Um, But yeah, I enjoy these weird characters who come and just behave incredibly oddly, you know.
0: Because there's there's never anyone normal. There's never any any sort of bit part that, so far, where there's not been just that oddball sort of character.
1: Yeah. Okay, well, apart from Jerry's Pants, which Bob Larby observed um, were dated, let's have a look at the rest of the fashion in this episode by having a trip over to Fashion Corner. Fashion,
0: fashion Corner, Fashion Corner
1: Fashion Corner,
0: Fashion, Corner, fashion, Corner, fashion Corner. Corner So as usual, we are quite Margot heavy. However, um, I wanted to just point out Barbara at the start of this episode um, looking particular, just looked very natty. She looked amazing um, at the start of this um, episode. She's wearing like a headscarf with a black roll neck top and her dungarees with really thick black glasses. And it just made me think, next time I get my specs, because every couple of years I get new specs, I want big, thick, black Barbara specs. Um, I wrote
1: down about her specs as well because they struck me. They struck me as something you'd see on um, Open University in the 70s. like uh, Yes, big black. like big yeah.
0: television sort of size, black, mm. outside... Um, outside frames I mean black framed Um, outside bits outside bits Uh, black frame, very thick sort of yeah but that sort of ensemble of outfit about Barbara um, and she doesn't get much does she it's a shame because obviously the the whole character is about not having high fashion any longer Um, she gets obviously none of the budget because she's having to sew trousers together to make new trousers Um, but just that particular outfit I just thought She just looked really stylish, despite the fact that it's supposed to be utilitarian. Is that what I mean? She's supposed to just be wearing it for work. It's supposed to just be useful rather than um, have any kind of elegance to it. But she just looked fab. Jerry's suit, when they're they're busy trying to sort the, the goods out for a bath, covered in soot Um, Jerry had this particularly smart grey suit on and like a geometric tie and it's a suit I don't think we've seen previously it's like a very pale grey which I would sort of put like sort of like late 70s early 80s look about it
1: I thought it was a bit Jim Hacker it's almost um, like his his role in Yes Minister
0: yes it was it was definitely edging on Yes Minister look to it weren't it Um, sort of I don't know, less office wear and more sort of smart, upper-class, gent look about it, I yes. thought. Yes, yeah, I
1: agree.
0: Margot, um, there was a, a couple of Margot um, outfits that I wanted to mention. When they are sat in their front room, waiting for the goods to come around to tell them that they might have fleas, she had a headscarf on with like a, a, a plaited black and white band around it with um, like narrow stripes. And, and like a matching top and she she just looked very sort of cool and elegant obviously for just lounging around the house and, and drinking gin Jerry has a powder blue silk polo neck top on that's worth a mention here look very snazzy um, very sort of mad about tone which we've we've said before that Jerry's got that air about him but he's always like really well coordinated and put together isn't he? despite what he has on he always looks really cool yes and then when when Margot comes in from I think she's been to Mrs Doon's Patterson's at the end, and she's she's sort of sweeping off the the dog hairs. She's wearing um, like a baby pink belted dress. Um, it's got like a white trim and a black hat. She always she's always got a hat on in in mm. recent scenes where I've I've sort of mentioned what she's got on. She's always it sort does. of really well coordinated. A black hat. Um, with a pink and white ribbon around it, black gloves, and a, a black flower, which she does sort of favour. She likes having um, a flower on her.
1: A massive flower.
0: It's enormous, yeah.
1: She loves a massive flower, and she loves a tip. But fan. she's
0: so, so well sort of coordinated and put together. So yeah, I think it's there's, it, there's definitely sort of like a lot of a lot of Margot fashion going on in this episode. But Barbara, Barbara's sort of very basic outfit at the beginning steals it for me.
1: What about the bugger's grips on the uh, posting?
0: The, the what?
1: The bugger's grips, the sideburns. <laughs> <The>
0: bugger's grips.
1: <laughs> they were very 70s. <laughs> I don't looks. know if that is fashion.
0: Bugger looks, yeah, they were, weren't you'd
1: they? You've never heard of bugger's grips before. I've
0: not. I've heard of bugger looks, but not bugger's grips, but I think they are, they're obviously the same thing.
1: Yes, probably. No, actually, bugger, bugger looks. I thought that was. Bugger you it's
0: ears. Oh, is that ears? I thought that was sides. Yeah. Oh, bugger's I don't know. Grips,
1: Quite literally, it's quite a horrible image. It is. Yeah. I've always liked it I,
0: I remember surprised. once I, I, someone that I know went to pick up a, a, a son from from nursery when he was about two and said come on bugger lugs, and she got in so much trouble off the um the nursery stamp really? yeah <laughs> for, for using it yeah
1: yeah I uh, I know that my um great uncle who had left there apparently he, with kids he just had no filter so even like in the 60s and 70s with my mum as running around as a kid, he'd come in. He'd go, "Hello, shitty ass!" <laughs> and it's like, "Scouse accent." <laughs> like, oh. you, can't, you can't say that.
0: No. Oh, seventies uncles, sixties and seventies uncles.
1: Bless them, the ones who weren't nonsense. Yeah. Who was your MVP this week?
0: Um, I think my MVP this week was, I think Jerry this week. Only because there just seemed to be like a um, just a level about Jerry um, in this episode. Um, there was not hysterical, whereas everybody else just seemed to be a bit sort of on top note in this episode. And Jerry was just mm. calm, busy, reading his playboy.
1: Well, that's why I've given it to him as well. Have you? He managed to get rid of Margot to Mrs. Jim's Patterson's because he didn't want a load of Tory heifers yeah. in his lounge. Mm. And he got himself some soft porn time. So Yeah. He probably just demolished a curry too off camera and wafted it around the house.
0: I bet he did. Just ran round with it, waving it about.
1: Cue dust to Jerry for that. Um, I think we need an update because next week's episode is the, is the last one of series three. Right. It's the last posh frock. So we'll do an MVP update after that and see where we stand. But Margot, I can tell you now, Margot's streaming ahead at this stage.
0: Yeah, we 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 As predicted we this. To. Yeah.
1: We did, but I was getting a bit worried by Tom and his early season form. Um, But now he's well behind. Jerry's catching him up.
0: Cool. If you're liking what we're doing and you do fancy joining in and being part of this, um, you can find us at Saddle Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. We're on Facebook and you can find us by searching for Saddle Podcast. Um, subscribe to our newsletter um, by visiting our website at sadow.club. Um You can get more information about us, read the blog posts, listen to the episodes in your browser if you don't do podcast apps. Get in touch, email us at saddlepodcast at gmail.com and tell us all the things that we've missed because we love that. Subscribe and leave us a review wherever you get your podcast from too.
1: Yeah, that'd be great actually because we've got... Um quite a few listeners now I'm very grateful to people who are joining us every week Mm. we've only got a couple of reviews as far as I can see so if you're enjoying it just um, we'd be really grateful if you could take 30 seconds just to leave us a nice review Um, even if it's just clicking the five stars and you can't be bothered typing anything that'd be great fair enough so join us next week for series 3 episode 7 The Last Posh Frock we'll see you then I'll see thee